Hey everyone, welcome to The Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. Today's guest is going to be Kim Perry, and we're going to talk about her incredible program where she teaches mamas who are pregnant and postpartum how to add fitness into their routine in a really easy way. And she is pregnant with her fourth baby, so I'm super excited. But first, I want to read one of the reviews that we got on the podcast. And then I have a little bit of a challenge for you guys. So this is from Joyrider77. And she said, so much insight. As a labor and delivery nurse myself, I think I've learned the most from other nurses. And Trish makes it so easy to understand. Great for when I need to teach my expecting parents. Hashtag nurse approved. What an honor, Joy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you for taking the time to leave a review. Now, for the rest of you guys, we are doing something really cool around here. So once a month, we're going to draw a name out of the people who have left reviews on the podcast. So here's what I want you to do. Hit subscribe, leave a review, and then shoot us an email at info at labornursemama.com. You can find it in the show notes and say your name and that you left a review so we can add you to the drawing. Then we have a really fun prize for you at the end of the month. Okay, you guys, let's listen in as I chat with Kim. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. Today's guest is really exciting. It's Kim Perry, and she is going to talk to you about some fitness changes or moves or just some different things that you can do during pregnancy, and I'm assuming postpartum as well. So welcome, Kim. Can you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm currently pregnant with baby number four. I have three girls, and this is a boy, Ah! so we'll see. I know. (laughs) This pregnancy has also been very different in many ways. But yeah, so I was always into fitness after college. And as soon as I got pregnant, I felt very excluded from the fitness world and community. And just what I was so used to just became unmanageable, something physically I couldn't do. Mentally, it was hard adjusting to the changes I was seeing in my body, but also being restricted physically. So I had to learn how to modify my workouts and then by my second pregnancy, I became pre and postnatal certified and I was able to help other women who were in the same boat. Like we wanted fun. Intense. You want to feel sweaty when you're working out. The prenatal workouts weren't doing it for me. So I, I just, I made my own. And then from there, I had my third pregnancy and was managed to stay fit, which doesn't mean I'm like working out every single day. I'm not doing an hour at the gym. I'm not running... 5Ks, that's not, <laughs> we're working out for 20 minutes max. You have three other kids. Yeah, yeah, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. And I look back at my old like routine, what I used to do, and I'm like, wow, I really had nothing else to do, apparently. Like I could spend 90 minutes at the gym. That's crazy. Oh, that's my husband. Yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like must okay. be nice. Like when, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we don't have time. And I love like connecting with other pregnant women and also being able to support them during this really special time. So I have a question because you said you like getting sweaty. And I'm thinking, I don't like getting sweaty. <laughs> I know. Right now I'm sitting here. I'm actually sweating because I'm hot. But I'm like, <laughs> yes, I know. So it depends on the day. Because a lot of days with this pregnancy have been rough. Like I don't want to do it. I literally want to lay down. That's all I can give you. <laughs> but I know how much better I feel after a workout. And I know the benefit that how it's going to help me. Like it's going to help relieve that back pain that's keeping me in bed. It's going to help my nausea. It's going to boost my energy. It's going to prepare my body for labor. So there are just so many benefits on those days when I just don't want to do it. That's what keeps me going. And then also having the accountability of having a scheduled check off that always feels good too. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So are you a paper schedule check off or an app? Are you a note on your phone? Are you a paper? Because I was about to say, like, I really think you can tell a lot about people if they use a paper checklist. (laughs) Because I'm a paper checklist too. I do. I I love that. But in my app, like it shows you the workouts for each week of your pregnancy and you get a little blue check when you're done and it feels so good to see those too. So I do both. I do a mix. I have this little like dry erase thing that I keep. I love it. Okay. So that was some of the things like I kind of want to talk to you like practically is a lot of women, they don't have energy and they don't feel well in the first trimester. So you mentioned that it can help with both. Yeah, it can help with energy, the nausea. And that's another reason I keep the workout short is because I know if I can get myself to just press play on a 10 minute workout, it's easier for me to do versus seeing like a 45 minute where I'm like, I can't convince myself to do that. So that's another reason why I keep them short. And, and I'm doing these, the workouts, I actually just filmed a whole nother round of workouts this pregnancy because feeling crappy was actually really motivating to me. I was like, I have to work out feeling like this so that when she's watching and she's following along, she knows like I am wearing my nausea wristbands, my acupressure bands in the workout videos because I'm that nauseous. But just being able to do, I have like, we're doing laid back booty workout on the floor, just like something to get the blood flowing just strengthen the muscles, connect with your core and pelvic floor just a little bit each day. It doesn't have to be like we're moving mountains every day, just a little bit. And our bodies are in survival mode the first trimester. So I really don't want you to push past. If you are vomiting and I can't get out of bed, don't. Like you need to rest. Your body's working really hard. And I think we forget that there's so much going on that you can't see. And just to give yourself grace and not expect to do six, five, six workouts a week. Like that's just not always attainable. And and I love that you said that you keep them short, but even like mentally for our mindset, when we check things off, when we accomplish things, whether they're big or small, we feel accomplished. <laughs> so it's a great mindset tool as well. So I love that. So. 
I'm just like curious, do they step up a notch when they hit second trimester and they get that boost? <laughs> or is it still similar? Yes, no, I just like workouts to be adjustable for you. Because I remember back to my first pregnancy that I was talking about where I was trying to do box jumps in my third trimester because I could. And there are those fit girls out there that can do that. And I look at them now, wow. How, how are you doing? Because <laughs> I can't. So it really is tailored to what's going to work best for you. And with any workout, I love this. I love like getting creative and like, okay, how can I take this move and make it pregnancy friendly? Or how can I scale this back? How can I advance it? Because it's, I'm really not feeling it. So you can up your weights or reduce them. You can do more reps. You can do longer intervals. You can move quicker as long as you're using good form. There's just so many ways to make it work for you, whether you're looking for that extra push or you're like, today is rough and I am just lucky that I am here and I put a sports bra on. That's as much as I'm going to get done today. So, And do you clarify that for them? Okay, here's how you yeah. can make this, modify this to be easier or here's what you can do to intensify? Yes. Okay. Yep. That's good. And so curiously, when you started your pursuit of this, were you pregnant with baby number one or was it after you delivered? So I, I had the fitness Instagram account that was anonymous. I just didn't tell any of my family or friends about That's it. That's always the best. This was like back in like 2014, 2015, where I don't know. I just wasn't. Yeah. It was, was a different like, vibe back then. It was and all, like health and fitness like weren't so everywhere. Like yeah. right now I feel like it's everywhere. It's in every product. It's yeah. yeah. So it was very different. And we, I had my own little fitness community prior to being pregnant. So that's how it started. But then obviously pregnancy threw a wrench into the whole fitness thing and I had to figure it out again. Yeah, it's so funny because I remember when I was pregnant with Grayson, which was in 2014. And you're okay. right, like it was a much different vibe. And I found, oh gosh, I think her name is Cassie Ho. She does the pop. Yes, love yeah. And she love was her. on YouTube, but she was very small. And I loved her workouts. They killed me. But What's funny is I just recently was at Target and I'm like, oh my God, she's got products in Target. And when I started watching her, it was very low budget and very like minimal. And now she's gone so big. It's so funny. But I love that opportunity because that gives, and especially you being pregnant doing this, I'm sure that just gives even more relatability to these moms. Like you said, you're wearing your nausea bands. You've, you are actually have the belly. So if you're showing how to accommodate, like you're having to move around the belly and you're having to do this with no energy or feeling like poop or all the things that come with pregnancy. So I think that makes it just so relatable and you're showing up authentically. I'm trying, but at the same time, or on the flip side of that, I've also noticed I do this myself. I'll see another pregnant girl doing a workout online and I'm like, how does she have that much energy? Or she's she's 40 weeks pregnant. I'm bigger than she is. We the do comparison. this comparison. So that's something that I'm like, how do I avoid this? Or how do I like 
help other women like train your mind not to do that and focus more on, hey, listen, we're just doing this together. We're in it together. We're on the same team. It's not like me versus you or let's compare and contrast. No, we're equal and we're fighting our own battles, but we're going to do it together. It's so funny that you said that because I also coach women who are building businesses online, specifically women who are educating or empowering with their expertise, not really teaching people how to make money or any of that stuff, but teaching people an actual impactful something. And we just had, I have a mindset coach that comes into my group once a month and we just got done with a call right before I hopped on here. And we were talking about that exact thing. And the thing about it, Kim, is that there are the women out there who are you, who are looking for someone like them that they can relate to. And that's what they need because that empowers them. I want to be on that call next month. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have you. I can give you information anyways, but it's so important. Like the, one of the pillars of my coaching group is authenticity and showing up and telling these moms, yeah, I may be teaching you guys this and I have these programs and I'm doing all these things, but I'm still at the end of the day, a pregnant mom, pregnant with my fourth baby, and I'm struggling too. And here's how I am walking through that. And so can you. And I would say that a lot more women relate to that than the woman, my sister-in-law, for instance, when she was pregnant with her first, she went to the gym three times. She did three separate classes that day because she just wasn't feeling right. So she thought she needed to work her body out more. She did kickboxing. She was in full-blown labor. She had Kai within a few minutes of getting to the hospital because she thought that it was just her body needed more workouts. I was like, that would never cross my mind. Ever. Ever. That would not be a confusing thought in my brain because I am not that girl. I don't relate to that at all. Anyway, that's a side note. Yeah. So be authentic to your own pregnancy. Own the aches and pains and say, yeah, this has not been easy, but that's something I've had to remind myself of too, because I feel bigger this pregnancy. I feel like I went right from my first trimester to my third. I've had so many more people comment, wow, you're so big. Are you having twins? Or no, it's the baby measuring thing. That's what I'm getting. Oh, no, we're not. So it it really does like mess with you. But when I've been telling myself like, hey, you know what? I'm going to have a really good comeback. Wait, like this is going to be such a cool transformation. I'm like, how how can I be confident in my body right now? Like just taking little moments and twisting them into like how, no, I'm going to own this. Yeah, I'm my biggest. This is probably my last pregnancy. So I'm trying to remind myself of that and how special this time really is. It just goes by so fast. No, and and everyone is different. Every pregnancy is different, but each person experiences it differently. But the one thing that's very common is the crap things that people say to pregnant women. Do they not think? You know what it is, is there is some... Maybe it's a hormone that pregnant women release, but people think they can just say whatever. They don't have to filter anything. It's weird. We're allowed to comment on our bodies. Where in t- name another time when someone's allowed to comment on 
how or ask you how much weight you've gained or share horror stories to someone like I I so part of my birth classes we have weekly hangouts be pregnancy coaching, whatever you want to call it. I have a team of doulas and I, and we meet with the students every Wednesday. And I honestly, and I've said this to them so many times, there's no other experience that you walk through in life where people want to scare you. (laughs) Or it's more like trauma. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Something that was like so traumatic And they almost do it to be helpful because they're like, this happened to me just so you're aware, but sometimes it's just the opposite of helpful. And so what I teach my, I have a very, we address this a lot because it happens so much. And for me, when someone, when I hear someone share, I can usually pinpoint like where they made some choices that could have led to a different outcome. And a lot of times it's just a lack of knowledge and education on their part, really. And they were coerced into things that didn't need to happen. But that's a whole nother thing. But what I tell my girls, and for those of you guys listening, what I tell them to do is that when Susie at Publix is telling you the absolute worst thing that ever happened, as soon because you know when it's about to happen. And as soon as she starts, put your hand up, which signals no and, and yeah. or stop and go, hey, I really appreciate you wanting to tell me your story. And I 100% want to hear it. But my partner and I, my husband and I, or I have decided that I am not going to hear any birth stories until after I have my baby. And then when I come back, let's share each other's birth stories. How about that? <laughs> and it it put because it can really affect you because you don't know all the decisions that was made leading up to that traumatic experience. You don't know. Maybe she was induced too early or maybe she laid on her back with her feet and stirrups to push or blah, 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 blah. Or maybe she was convinced her baby was too big and she went into the hospital and then laid on her back, which is not good. You just don't know enough details. And I just prefer saying, hey, I really want to hear your story and I value it. But I've made a decision that I'm not going to listen to birth stories until after I have the baby. And then whatever comes out of their mouth, so what? That's all right. And also, or if someone tells you this before, or if you've heard something that's like sticking with you, something I like to do is say your truth in your story doesn't have to be my truth in my story. So you, that you can have that experience and it's a hundred percent true. And yes, those things happen, but that doesn't have to be my story story. Like I'm going to have a different birth. I'm going to have a different, yeah, everything. And I love that you say that because it it can also be my first birth is not this birth. And what happened to be in my first birth is not a part of this birth and I'm not claiming it. Or if every woman in my family had a C-section, I'm not that person. That's not me. I'm not claiming their births as mine. And I always say, I said that something similar, like every birth and every pregnancy is so different. Like in order for it to be exactly like the last one, if 
imagine what are the chances there's it's so rare that you would have the exact same birth you're birthing a different baby number one there's a different human inside of you your body is has changed so much it's learned from what you've been through it's just there's no way yeah and the path has been paved Yes. I had three completely different births. Yeah. Completely. (laughs) No. Yeah. Me too. I've had six completely different births and it's really, and six very individually, completely different children. You can't even parent the same because what works (laughs) on baby number one will not work on the baby. And what works on baby number two would never have worked on baby number one. So if you think that you got parenting under control, Trust me, it switches up with each personality. It's so true. And I love, I just, I love what you're doing because I think that people, like women need like an easy, and it, and it, and to feel accomplished with a short little workout. And like you said, it is, it actually, you feel like if you work out when you feel sick, you're going to feel sicker, but you really don't. Yeah. As long, I will say that for some reason, this pregnancy bending over (laughs) and also wearing anything that like was tight around my, like any sort of compression triggered my nausea. So if there are things when you're feeling nauseous, you want to avoid them. Like I'm not going to put on my leggings because I know it's going to make me feel nauseous. So let me get a, a new pair of shorts or something like really stretchy to put on. Okay. I don't want to be bending over. So how can I modify this or avoid it completely? Because that's what exercise is for. It's to feel good. It's not supposed to make you feel like crap. And I know you had asked me before about how, like when we don't want to work out or there's two types of women, like the ones that want to work out and the ones that don't. And my my best tip is to find something that you like and you look forward to. And I know sometimes (laughs) this isn't what you want to hear, but doing a workout because you know the benefits of it and then really focusing on labor prep is something I've been doing my last two pregnancies is now I know what it took. I know the endurance that I needed not only physically, but mentally so I'm during longer intervals, I'm thinking about contractions and how they can go 90 seconds. I thought it was 60. No, they can be longer. (laughs) How are you preparing your body to, in mind, to be able to breathe through that? And then pelvic floor, right? That doesn't push the baby out. It's got to relax and get out of the way. I have to program into my week pelvic floor release and stretches because I won't do it otherwise, (laughs) but I know I need to. And I know the benefits of it. I don't want to tear. So I'm going to do some pelvic floor release. I don't want to have to go to pelvic floor rehab for six to 12 weeks after. I probably still will just as a... Oh, I think all women should. Yes. But I want it to be like a smooth transition into postpartum. Like I've had all of it, I feel like. So now I'm like, okay, what do I want? And how am I going to prepare my body for the scenarios that we're looking at here? No, I love that so much. And that just goes back to one of the things I tell my girls, I can give you all the knowledge. Knowledge is power. However, 
It is not power if it's not applied. So like you said, you know that you need to be doing these pelvic floor things and these breathing techniques. And all of us when we're pregnant should be, we call it just do movements. Like I tell my girls, if you're not, if you just do movements, move, go for a walk, take your dog for a walk, walk up and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Just movements. But if they, if you know all these things and you don't apply them, whether it's what, like what I do, teaching birth knowledge and how to, to advocate for yourself, but if you're too scared to apply it or you don't make the effort to maybe do three, five minute workouts during the week, start there, start easy and then move up or work on your pelvic floor, then you're not. There, there's only so much we can control when it comes to pregnancy and birth. So take the power on the things that you can control and eating a healthy diet and, and moving during pregnancy will absolutely change everything. Yes, I agree. And for so tell us about your birth. How do you feel that your, do you feel that what you like your preparation and be honest, like in in what ways do you feel like it really benefited your birth? And what did you learn during your birth? Because you said there's things you know you need to do a little differently. Yeah. So with my first, it was definitely the hardest because it was over 32 hours of labor. I had two failed epidurals, which I was not mentally prepared for. I thought, oh, if I ask for epidural, that'll solve the problem. I didn't know there could potentially be like no end to the problem. Yeah. So I have a whole lesson on this in my course because people think, people do not realize that there is a slew of reasons why you may not be able to get one. Or it doesn't work and you have to have a backup. Yeah. So I like the backup was just like, (laughs) keep going, just keep going. Like you can't turn back now. Yes. And then I also had, you used a word earlier, convenience. Nothing out of convenience or curiosity. I feel, yeah. So I, my doctor performed an episiotomy without telling me, asking me, notifying me what was going on. And listen, I only was pushing for five minutes. So I feel like he was just like, I want to get out of here. Snip. I'm sure you're probably right. Listen, I have trauma from it, but I don't tell other pregnant women this normally. (laughs) But it's something like I didn't know. I wasn't aware of. I just, I thought the doctors knew what was best for you. And I I really, truly feel like he did not. I, I could have gone without that. I just want to pause for a second. So any of you guys listening to this and have done the fearless birth experience or are in the process, we have an on-demand three-day fearless birth experience with three workshops. And I start them out by talking about the biggest birth mistakes I've seen. And the number one is winging it and thinking that your provider knows more and will choose what's best for you. And the truth of the matter is, and I know some incredible providers, but all of us as human beings, we are semi-selfish and we're semi-self-focused. And in the moments, at times, we make decisions that are better for us. 
And what I've seen over the course of my career and why I sat in my car crying and decided I'm going to do something different. These women need to know these things is that because I've seen that Kim so many times. And can we just acknowledge the fact that someone cut your vagina without your permission? And that is unacceptable. That's extreme. If you really think about it, because I'm pretty sure he would not let you cut the tip of his penis off without permission. You know what I'm saying? He cut your vagina without your permission. And for a first baby, our body is made where it's a process and that the head comes down, it stretches some. The head comes down, it stretches some, stretches a little more. And it naturally accommodates for the baby that your body made. And to just snip your vagina because he's in a hurry or out of convenience for himself is absolutely mind-boggling. And I don't think there's any other area of healthcare that would be acceptable. I'm off my soapbox now, but that just fires me up. And it's I know I hate I, I honestly don't enjoy even talking about it because it makes me so mad. And I think back to what should I have done? But I was like, so I had no idea. I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. And then and there's so many people who don't know. And how old is that baby? She's seven. So seven years. We're not talking about 1984 here, people. We're talking about seven years ago. And I have students that I I get a lot of second, third, fourth. I've had moms who've had six babies who want a different experience. And it's still happening. It happens a lot. Yeah. I've heard more moms talk about their births and use the word trauma. And I'm like, that, yes, I want to. I want to hear, I want you to be able to share your story, but also like, why are we all having so such traumatic births? I think it just, there's lack of preparation a lot of the times, mm-hmm. like the lack of knowledge. So we don't have that power instilled in us of what could happen, what you want it to look like. And by doing that, by not preparing, by not having the, the knowledge and being scared to speak up because it can be scary we're giving right, and you think you need to trust this yeah. person, and we're giving the power to them. And the truth of the matter, and this is, and this is a question I ask in a lot of my workshops. Like when we're talking, I'm like, okay, when we think about a birth, especially in a hospital, but anywhere, like, what is the most important thing in the room, and what is the only thing needed in the room for the birth to happen? And it's you. It's the mom. It's the mom. But- no one cares about the yeah. mom. It's all about just get the baby out. Like the doctor can leave. I can leave. Everything else can leave and the birth will still happen. But she can't leave because the birth won't happen. <laughs> so it's, can we please just remember this is a natural process. This is not a medical process. And if we're not listening to her, what the hell are we up to? It's wrong because I tell my girls all the time, I'm not going to come in the bathroom when you're trying to poop if you're constipated and try to tell you how to do it. I'm going to leave you to your business. And if I see you're like having an issue that needs medical attention, I'm going to jump in and give it to you. But I'm not going to sit there and try to coach you on how to poop. And we're talking about pushing a baby out. And if women were empowered to 
trust themselves, to trust their body, and then taught how to move their body, how to prepare their body, and how to accept interventions when it's 100% acceptable, we would have a much different birth culture. Yes, I agree. So I definitely learned a lot after the first time. I Remember totally I would get like, off on a tangent, yeah. did I not? <laughs> it, took, it took a while, though, to like process every, there was a lot of crying and weeks. Like I couldn't even think back to her birth because it was just so traumatic. But I realized, wow, I needed a lot of like mental endurance. And I've run marathons before. <laughs> and the, running a marathon just seems like such a casual thing compared to <laughs> birthing. I think like, at least like you can be listening to music, you're just jogging along, you can slow down, stop and get water. But yeah, so I feel like I was like, okay, endurance, we got that for next time. And then also, I got to figure out like, okay, I don't, uh, no episiotomy. Like we are not doing that again. So my second birth was very like textbook. I did get an epidural and it worked. It worked. Much different experience than not working. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I pushed for eight minutes. She came out. It I love baby number hours. twos. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. But they're also crazy. <laughs> She's my wild child. <laughs> and then with my third I was like, you know what? I want to do it. I don't really know. Like the whole time you had mentioned this too, like going, not having a plan or use the word like winging it. Winging yeah. it. <laughs> that was like my first, I was like, I'm just going to see how I feel. Cause I think a lot of first time moms have that problem where they're like, I don't know if I want an epidural. I don't know if I want a pain, like a natural birth. Like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what it's going to be like. So I went into it like, I'm just going to go feel it out as I go. But I really didn't have a lot of time to feel it out. I could just feel it. (laughs) So there was no planning after that point, after it started. So with my third, I was like, you know what? I would like to do this. And I was seeing it more online. I think that's another thing about the online communities. People have shared like their birth stories and they're seeing home births. And I got curious about it. It was also 2020. So everything shut down. I saw people in hospital, like having hospital births without their spouses or their partner's husbands in the room, which scared me. I wasn't going to be able to have a doula or my mom. or So I was like, oh, I have to prepare and a, to and birth And a nurse alone. who's in a hazmat suit, not wanting to come near yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, I I looked into home birth. It was a little too late to do that. And I was only like 18, 20 weeks and like when COVID hit. So I was like, I need to prepare as if I'm going to be alone. And I did, I I was taking birth courses. I was reading Ina May's Guided Childbirth. I was doing my perennial stretches with the little stick thing. You know what I'm talking about? The the curve. (laughs) And I was doing meditation every day after my workout, which is if you're having trouble working out, I would recommend habit stacking, which is find something you're already doing every day and add onto it like a a short workout. So if you're already like setting aside time to read before bed at night, maybe you're doing like 10 minutes of yoga or if you're you're walking the dog every morning, maybe you're going to do 20 lunges, 20 squats, and you could stack a workout onto that. So I was stacking on meditation, which helped with that endurance component. But with my third birth, I'm still not sure to this day if (laughs) I progressed really quickly because there was a student nurse who checked me to see how far along dilated I was. 
and you're maybe two centimeters. And I was like, for sure, I am five plus centimeters. Like I am in active labor, but she told me to, I don't know if she was right. And I just progressed really fast or if she was way off, but I ended up using the Freya birth app, Freya positive birth company. So it's like a cool app that tracks your contractions and it does like meditation in between the contractions. And then during the contractions, it's breathe in, two, three, like it's counting for you. So I was tracking my own contractions and we're actually working on something similar for our course, for our students. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be so cool. I'll test it out for you. I'm doing March I have started. Yeah. Medi- have you seen this little guy? It's called the core. Oh my gosh. I really think this is a great labor tool. Send me the link. To I that. will. <laughs> I got it. I saw it on Instagram. I got Loop, Instagram yeah. ads. It wasn't an ad. It was someone that I really respect. And it basically it's so for those of you guys listening, it's this little ball thing. And it looks like a like an Alexa. So it lights of. up. So that can be your focus. You see that? And it also has a very minimal vibration for the breathing but it also helps you focus on it. So if your mind starts wandering, you can, because you really have to focus to feel it. And then it has guided meditations on the app and stuff. Yeah. So so I got it for myself, but also my little guy who I homeschool and he has a hard time focusing. So I've been having him do five minutes with it and it's really amazing. It's called the core. Anyway, yeah. So this student nurse was in the room with my husband and I, I was standing at the bed and I actually had asked for an epidural because I thought I'm only two centimeters. There's no way I can't do this. I thought I could. Yeah. She shot my dreams down real fast. So get that epidural ordered. I know how long this stuff takes, but before it came, I got to the point, which listen, I had read about this stuff. I had no idea I was going to get to experience it, but all of the pain went away. Like I had no pain and my body just started moving in a circle. I'm standing and I was, I didn't know what was happening. I just felt this complete release and my daughter popped, like her head popped out. I did not push. She just came out on her own. Nothing like the reflexes our bodies have when they're left to their own. Yes. Yeah. And so there's no doctor, no nurse. The student had to pull the emergency cord. <laughs> oh my God. That student probably went to the bathroom and vomited after all that. No, she cried. She cried. <laughs> but she had two kids of her own. So she's been in a like delivery. Did standing. she catch the baby? And did she have gloves? Was she like prepared? <laughs> My husband was on one side of me and I wish I had this on video. I have oh my no God, evidence of this actually yeah. happening, but yeah. So I don't know how long her head was just like just there. hanging out there, yeah. but finally a nurse came and was like, you got to push her out. And so it was just one push. My husband was on my right. She was on my left and they caught her very slippery. My husband, like it was an experience for him too. I'm picturing, I want to say it's like an Indian goddess statue, the one where she's got like her arms or legs out and there's just a baby's head. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. 
<laughs> that was me, actually. Yeah. That was picture of me. <laughs> so funny. I love pictures like that. So I wish you had it. That would be, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. No, was, I know. No, I wish I had a <laughs> video of yours. That's so intriguing. I was more like leaning on the bed. So I was hunched over a little bit. Not yeah. Statue, like, well, yeah, I, I wasn't really picturing you like that. I, I was just picturing that. <laughs> That's so if you could yeah, do so we, that, that would be impressive at that point with a human head coming out of you. We'll see. We'll see what this time around what my body wants to do, what position. So I was in, so I'm considering getting the, or I'm getting, I decided not considering I'm getting the birthing tub. Oh, I love but it. I don't know if I'm going to use it this time because like I said, I wanted to be standing. Yeah. You, but you could do, you could stand in the tub, just have your partner stand on the outside or in there with you. You could totally stand in the tub and do it too. The only problem for myself when I've gotten into the tub in my own births, which I almost had a water birth in the hospital back when it was semi-allowed. And I got to transition. I know this now. I got to transition and I got a hair up my ass. I did not want to be in that water. I wanted out because my top half was cold and I hate being cold. And so that was that was an issue for me. It's not relaxing. Right. Yeah, but I'm worried about, I don't want to be like wet in in a tub. I don't know. I just we'll see. I've heard it's amazing. Oh, and I'd rather have it and not need it than Yeah. No, I think that's a wise I think that's a wise decision because what you're telling yourself about it might not actually be true for you. And trying it out, you might be like, oh, wow, this is definitely better than I thought. Because water births, like, it's an amazing way to really decrease the pain. Okay. We're going to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. And, like, you're completely clean when you get out. You're done. Clean. After the birth. So clean. (laughs) But it's funny. Like, we've had, I've had some really funny podcasts about water births, but we won't go there right now. We'll talk later. Okay. Yeah. I'll listen. Link them below. Link them below. Put your hand up. Put the stop up. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I love water births. I wish I could have done them. I think it, it just so makes sense. You said you're a marathon runner too. Think about what do you do when your body is aches and pains and like your muscles are hurting. Hydrotherapy. It works. So anyway, we've got, I told you we would get off on tangents. This is what happens around here. That's how it goes. It's okay. So (laughs) I I, love it. So tell me about what are, what are some of the things that you offer moms as far as I, you said app, do you have a pregnancy, uh, a fitness app? Yeah. So I have a fit pregnancy program. You can access it from a computer or download the app on your phone. So everything's there and it translates. So if you do work out on your laptop, it's going to show up on your phone too, which I love that. I love having that option. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But I also have, I can send to you, I have a free pregnancy starter kit for anyone who's pregnant. Oh yeah, for sure. Whether you're new to exercise or you're a gym girl and you're like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do about crunches or planks? I know I can't do them, but what do I do instead? If you yeah. have questions like that, 
kind of break down the modifications for each trimester, what to look out for, and just a little like core 101, what to expect, because that is the area most affected by pregnancy, right? Is our core. It's our belly, those muscles right there that are holding baby in. So I have and need to navigate baby out are the same ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) They're so important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then I also I mean I have a full program for postpartum moms as well when you're starting exercise back up because that's another thing that was like a whole new world. I thought I could just well I'm I got my six week checkup check mark like I'm good to go, but that doesn't mean you can jump back into the workouts you were doing prior to pregnancy or even the ones you were doing during pregnancy. Like you got to start slow, build back up, really focus on connecting with your core again. It feels like a whole new body sometimes. And then also you're nursing a newborn. You don't want to mess with your breast milk supply. You're trying to like, how am I going to fit in a workout? I can barely fit in between diaper changes and feeding. I can hardly shower. So navigating that as well, again, with the shorter workouts that you can do right with the baby next to you or holding the baby. So we got that covered as well. I love that. For baby program. Yeah. So we'll definitely, if you can send that to me, we'll definitely link to it in the show notes. And can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. I'm on Instagram and TikTok, but mostly Instagram (laughs) at Kim Perry Co. So Kim Perry CO. Thank you so much for coming today. I had fun. Thank you for having me. This is great. For those of you guys, we went off on some tangents. That's what we do around here. It's fun. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kim Perry and talking about simple ways that you can stay fit during your pregnancy. And just remember, give yourself grace. You don't have to do all the things, but it's really important to take care of that beautiful, powerful body of yours. So as always, hit subscribe, leave a review and tell me how much you love this episode, even though we went off on a few tangents, such a powerful episode. And I'm so glad I had Kim on. I will see you guys again next Friday. Bye for now.